Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast. This is episode 71, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Sarah Maynard. And she is a passionate storyteller and a lifelong learner, which I love. I love that. And I've invited her to be on our podcast today because she has an interesting take on screens and kids. So welcome, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. So I would love to hear your story because I'm, you're a lifelong learner, which means that you've done a lot of things. <laughs> and, I love to learn all the things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so give us your story and what you're up to now. Yeah. So, oh gosh. So I am a mom to four. I also homeschool my kids. Um, but that has also kind of been its own story. It's something I've always really wanted to do. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, I cannot do virtual school with all four of them. And I had two going to middle school and all the changes that brings. And I was just like, this is not, this is not going to work out. Uh, so I started homeschooling them. And then the more we were doing tech stuff and being online, and I was already, I already kind of loved the online space, but the more I saw them interacting with it, I was like, oh, this is a, this is interesting. <laughs> so while homeschooling them, I decided it would be a really good idea to also go back to school myself and get my master's degree. <laughs> so I was homeschooling all of them and getting my master's in digital marketing communications. Um, and that was a, that was a roller coaster a lot of times, but, um, it was, as I said, just, I love learning so much that I really liked being with that group of people and just learning different things from them. And I kind of, uh, one of the things my husband calls me actually is just, I'm just an information sponge. Um, whoever I'm around, whatever it is that they like, I want to know all about and like it. For example, my sister is, um, a musical theater actor. And so I'm like, every time there's a new show that comes out on Broadway, I'm like, I need to know all the words so I can talk to my sister about it. She may not like even like that musical, but it doesn't matter. I need to know it. Um, <laughs> and then I have another sister who's a yoga instructor and, uh, it's actually through her kind of that I decided to get into kids yoga because I was interested in learning it too. Um, yeah, sorry. I also squirrel a lot. So if you need to get me back on track, just that, that feeds into my learning as there'll be, uh, I'll go down rabbit holes all the time, just one little thing after another, after another. And then all of a sudden it's three hours later and I still haven't made dinner, but that's fine. Who <laughs> <laughs> needs to eat? <laughs> it's fine. There's food around. Um, but yeah, so I got my master's and then uh, I actually started a business working with small businesses and entrepreneurs, um, helping them with their digital presence and figuring out how they fit in the online space. But really my passion is working with kids and families and really helping everybody understand how to use this new, I mean, it's really a new tool. It's only, you know, been around for a couple of decades now, um, that, that we can all really use it beneficially and, it's there are just like being out in the real world, there are dangers and there are things you need to avoid, but we've, we can all learn how to, how to coexist in that space too. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and this new tool, you know, of the mm-hmm. internet, <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of makes me feel really old sometimes because we didn't have this new tool when I was a kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I was reading something the other day and the person equated it to, well, when, when we were in school and when we were growing up, we had erasers. Like, I mean, they still have erasers, but when we were sending notes back and forth to our friends, there was an eraser attached and we could get that paper back. We could take that notebook back home. I mean, you could really burn it if you needed to, and it literally would not exist anymore. But for our kids, if they are participating in an online space, everything they post is permanent. There is no eraser, which is, it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is one thing that I don't know that we talk about enough as parents is, and, and, or with our kids, you know, to help them figure out how to navigate these waters. And I think part of it is because we don't know ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. So I've been working on a cell phone contract, like for, if you're giving your kid their first cell phone. So this is, this um, contract has just different, different talking points for you to, to talk about with your kids and touch on because there is so much information and there are so many things out there that I think as parents, it's really helpful just to have a little bit of a checklist to say, okay, we talked about this thing. We talked about this thing. We talked about this thing. Um, And I think, especially when we're giving our kids these new tools, I think a big congratulations has to go out to us as parents, like give yourself a little pat on the back. Like this is hard and this is scary. And it's, um, I mean, uh, like you were saying before, like it's, it's like giving your kid the keys to the car, right? They're opening up this whole new world that they're going to go make choices in and we can't hold their hand the whole time. And that's, that's really scary. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And and yeah, we were just talking before this podcast a little bit about navigating the waters of tech. And I was like, you know, the thing is, a part of me just wants to say, no tech. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'd be so much easier. So much easier. So much easier. But at the same time, I feel like, you know what, this really is a part of our world. It, It is a part of our world and our kids have to learn how to navigate it. And I would much exactly teach them now than just do no tech the whole time they're in my house. Mm-hmm. And then when they go off in the real world, what's going to happen? That that's going to be rough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to manage it. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So I was just I like likening to- it to driving a car, you know, I'd much rather yeah. teach them how to drive a car while they're still in my home instead of saying, okay, you're out of the house. Good luck. And yeah. Drive your car. You don't know how, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I kind of think about it too, as, um, you know, when they're learning to ride a bike, we give them some training wheels. We give them some guidelines to, to help them kind of stay on the path initially before they have um, no, to give them that base of skills so that when they're ready to take those wheels off, we know that they know, you know, how to be good human beings in that space, which especially online is so easy to deviate from and, and sometimes not even realize that you're doing it. Um, 
I was talking to a friend that was telling me about her daughter is in a group with a bunch of other, a bunch of other friends. And they were just, you know, thought they were just making jokes and, um, but they were all related and pointing back to one particular friend. And her mom pointed out, you know what? No, that that's bullying. You're bullying your friend. And she was like, no, we're only texting. It's funny. And she was like, no, that's still, that's still bullying. And they don't, because of that device and they're not really looking at that person in their face, there's a disconnect that is, you know, and if we're not there to help them see that right at the beginning of their journey, then it's going to get, it has the potential, unfortunately, to get worse and worse and worse as they live in that space. Yeah. And that's, that's such a good point. I love that you brought up that we're giving them boundaries to help them learn how to be a good human being in that space. I mean, with riding a bike, we want them to be a good human being and not run over people and not hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's that same idea. I I do. I remember some years ago, I heard this man speak about navigating the waters of the internet. And this is probably 15 years ago before we had a lot of this stuff that we have Mm -hmm. to say, but it really just stuck with me what he said. He just said, a really good rule to follow is to live in the light. If you don't, if, if it's something that you want to put out there and shine, fine. If, mm-hmm. if you're trying, if you're hiding things and you're in the darkness or if it's something you don't want your grandma to know, then, then maybe that's not the best way to navigate the internet. So mm-hmm. that's what I try to teach my kids is live in the light. Yeah. And, and don't, you know, if you wouldn't say it to somebody in person, yes, don't say it on the internet or on yes or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times it's it becomes really easy, even as parents and adults, it become really easy to dissociate from the human on the other end of the whatever it is you're posting or talking about, um, because there's that screen in between. Um, even if even if we were sitting next to each other, but there was a physical screen between us, there's a little bit of dissociation that can happen because we can't see them. Um, and we don't have the opportunity to use all of our senses. It's just, sometimes it's not even any of our senses. It's just us talking to what can seemingly sometimes feel like a complete void. So I think it's, it is really important to say, you know what, no, uh, there are people, human people, friends, families, people you may not have met yet on the other side, looking at what you're doing and you don't have any control over who it is that sees it. Um, One thing that I really like to bring up is that there's, there are options to make things as private as you can, specifically on like a social media profile, you can turn to, to only have people that you invite be able to see it. But the problem with that is you can start to think about it as like your private shoebox that you're putting things in your closet and only your closest friends are seeing, except for maybe that one day that your really close friend is mad at you because of who knows what, and, you know, takes a screenshot of something you posted and holds onto it. Well, you no longer have control over it. So once you put it out into the world on the internet, you don't have control over it anymore. And that's something that I really try to get across because 
it's, it's something they don't even think about. And I think as adults, we don't even think about all the time um, that every single thing we post is once we post it, it's not ours anymore. Yeah. And that is such a different world that our kids, well, and us, we're living in this too. Yep. (laughs) You know, I have seen um, a lot of different articles, uh, news stories about people who have gotten into a lot of trouble because of this very idea that anything you put out on the internet is forever. Yep. Yeah. There is no eraser on the internet. You can make it harder for people to find things, but once you post it, it's permanent and it's out there forever somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why live in the light is a really good <laughs> guideline because, yes. you know, if, if it's not going to hurt anybody and if it's spreading good, then you're going to be fine. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. If you're out there spreading your joy and talking about what lights you up, then, I mean, that's always a good place to be at. Yeah. Now there is a word for this, right? And don't we call this your digital footprint? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So your digital footprints. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your digital footprint encompasses absolutely everything you do online from anything from posting on social media to watching a YouTube video to whatever you're putting into your search results on Google. Um, So all of that stuff does lead back to you. And if someone really wanted to take the time and dig into it, they could find out even the things that you are searching for. Um, So it's important not only to think about stuff we're posting, but also just what we're looking for and what we're, you know, kind of searching for in that space as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm pretty sure most kids don't think about that. Oh, not at all. Mm -mm. Nope. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, they definitely don't. Um, And it's, I, and one of the things that I love about being a homeschool family is I have the opportunity to kind of catch things even faster. Um, cause while my kids were in public school, my son overheard somebody on the bus say, Oh, when you get home, search this thing, that thing was not a good thing for a 10 year old to be searching. And it's, it's something that if I hadn't been paying attention already and already had it in my, my own brain to be saying, okay, well, I'm going to be making sure that I'm checking what you're looking at. And I'm, you know, we don't, we keep our computer stays out in a public space and all of that. Like I, it would have taken me a lot longer to catch what it was searching for. Um, and it, so it, it doesn't take a lot for them to get in their heads an idea like, oh, well, this person, this person I like, this person's cool. They said something that might be cool. I don't know what that is. So I'm going to look it up. So things can start out so innocent and they're just curious. But if you already have an open dialogue and you can already have discussions, it makes when things, um, when, when they start searching for those things that we really don't want them looking at, it's easier to, to stop it and say, no, this is why we don't search for those things. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, actually not the thing is, this is what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> on Netflix for a while, I actually don't know if it's on there anymore, but there was that movie called Social Dilemma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that should really make every parent sit up and go, wow, because 
basically the dilemma is how much should they be all these big tech companies be calling our information and how much should they be selling things to us based on oh, information yeah. and and people can definitely use that information for much more nefarious means too <laughs> definitely yeah i think that's something people don't think about at all because we get on these big social media platforms and we think oh it's free it's fine i'm going to do whatever i want it's great cuz it's free it's free because we are the product mm-hmm. we are what is uh, us and our information is what's being sold to other people so anytime something is free you really have to kind of look yeah. at it with those you know a little more uh um, there's a word i'm looking for but just look at it a little bit harder and say well why why is this free in the first place? What's being sold? Because a business isn't going into business without having a product. Exactly. Exactly. And it is, it is, it was scary watching that movie because I'm like, oh my word, they know a lot. Oh, they know everything. <laughs> yeah. It is getting, it is starting to get better. Things are getting better. Um, just in the last couple of years, Facebook has really had to shift how they do their advertising because of a lot of privacy things that are being put into place. But because it is such a new world in the grand scheme of human existence, it's, it's still, we're still trying to figure out how to make it all work and to make it safe all of the time. And privacy is going to be a thing that comes up for a long, long, long time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like, you're saying, it's not just what we're putting out there, but it's also what we're doing on the internet. It's, it's mm-hmm. what we're watching, what we're searching for and all that too, that we really just need to make sure we're living in the light. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think as parents, that can be really, really scary once our kids start to have a little autonomy in this space because they are going to start making their own decisions and they're, you know, kids are just naturally curious and, uh, and the internet has a a tendency to really let you, uh, squirrel away in those rabbit holes. And sometimes those (laughs) rabbit holes don't go where you want them to go. And you just, (laughs) so it's, uh, yeah, it can be, it can be, uh, a it's a path I think we need to make sure that, especially in the beginning, we're really walking with our kids. And um, there was a, um, what's it called? A poll done by, I think it was the University of Michigan, um, that kids from, okay, so 33% of kids 7 to 9 and 50% of kids 10 to 12 have, a social, me- have social media access on their devices. So most, if all, all social media sites say you have to be 13, but they're not like checking your birth certificate. So if a kid goes on and just says that they're older and then they get an account, if you're not monitoring the device that they have and doing kind of constant, you know, it seems constant, but we need to really be checking in and seeing what they're downloading and seeing what they're, what they're looking at, um, because they're doing it younger and younger. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. And mm-hmm. technically they should be having their parents permission, but do they? Yes. No. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Especially when they see, you know, older, older, older siblings, older yes. friend, friends, older siblings, you know, they're like, oh, well, they can do it. That means I can do it. And that was kind of our role on like the playground. Like if my youngest could not make their own way up the steps, then 
they couldn't, but as soon as they could do it, then they were allowed. That same thing should not be happening on the internet, but it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've even had a case where one of mine did create a social media account without me knowing. And I'm like, how do you even know how to do that? (laughs) They just just get it because they've been using the technology long enough and they're not afraid to make a mistake on it. They're not, they're not concerned. They're more just excited to try it Mm -hmm. and they'll just try it. They won't, they don't have to, I think, I think as adults, we have this like, "Ah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And kids are like, uh, no, cool, cool. I'm jumping in. (laughs) Well, yeah. And in this case, it was definitely older kids had this. And so this child just decided it, whatever. But luckily I did find this out. And then we had a nice talk about the dangers and why we can't do that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We have (laughs) exactly. Yeah. We have a lot of talks in our house about how your brain is not ready for this kind of information yet. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm not even sure ours are ready as a cult, but yours is especially not ready. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So, okay. We kind of have two different sides to this whole balancing the screen issues. And part of that is parents being aware and having the talks and and putting in the controls and the boundaries. And Mm -hmm. the other part is empowering our kids so that they understand um, and, and can be allowed more and more freedom. Yeah. There. Yeah. I, I, again, I kind of go back to that bike analogy, like in the beginning they have their training wheels. So it's almost like you're walking with them. You're so for example, like my kids are not allowed on TikTok, but I have a TikTok account and we will sit together and watch the videos because I know that's something that them and their friends are talking about this way. They have the opportunity to see what it is to experience it, but I am right there. So if a video starts going away, I don't want it to go. We can swipe right past it and we don't we can discuss it if it's something that we need to talk about, or I can just say, nope, that's not one that's appropriate and move on. Um, so we start with those training wheels and that walking directly beside them, kind of hand holding, And then, you know, then they get, they get those training wheels taken off and then they're allowed to go, you know, up and down our street, however, like a, up and down a block by themselves on their bike. Right. So then, okay, well, you can use this one app for, whatever length of time it is. Right. But I'm going to be able to check in and see what you're doing at any time. Uh, and then, you know, then that boundary gets a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger until hopefully the plan and the goal is that we've, we've taught them, you know, as you said, to stay in the light, right. And stay, stay where being good humans and having good digital citizenship. And then they're ready to kind of live in that world without us. Yeah, because as a parent, you cannot be checking your kids' phones when they're like 20. No, (laughs) you know, that will not go over well. (laughs) Unless they decide it's okay, but that's going to be rare. (laughs) And plus, you don't want to have to keep checking. (gasps) Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that uh, I think it's really important to let them start having this access to the digital world while we still have them in our homes while they're younger, even because that gives them the one, they have the security of us to fall back on when something comes up that they don't know what to do. Um, 
then we're, we're immediately right there to help and to answer questions and to help them through anything that's difficult. And of course, we're going to be there for them when they're older, but that distance starts to get bigger, the older that they are. Um, so being able to, to start the conversation early and let them know that, you know, and one of the things I've told my kids is I don't know all of the things like the, especially on the internet, it is massive. It is absolutely massive. It is impossible to know all of the things, but if, if we're already having this conversation and I've taught them the things I can teach them, then I'd like to try and be open to them teaching me things. I am trying Roblox. I don't really love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I could see that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Like this is just not for me and that's okay. (laughs) Well, and another conversation that we have a lot too is, am I being a producer or am I being a consumer? And how yes. Oh, that's so important. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. Yeah. On the internet, it's so easy to, to just sit back and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. But the whole point of social media is to be social. So if we can teach them how to engage with the community, I think it's one of the most wonderful and and really beneficial things about social media is you can find people who are like you and who like the things you like and get lit up by the things you get lit up about and are going to geek out with you on stuff that the rest of your family is like, I don't know why you like the, I don't know, some obscure, whatever it is, but here's this group of all these other people that also love that thing and understand how joyful it is. And being able to connect in that way with other people is the real power behind social media. Yeah, totally. And that's how I found you. I know. I was just going to say, this is how we connected is a very niche, very small group of us. And it's it's really awesome when you find that group of people that you're just like, yep, we get each other. That's awesome. Yeah. Super, super true and cool. And, and, you know, the thing is, is I think that this pandemic has totally shifted things in the online world too. Like, yes, greatly increased the usage of it too. Oh Yeah. But I think in, in some ways it's been really, really good because it's, it's made it easier to connect with people when we couldn't do it in real life. But mm-hmm. it's also what we were talking about in, in the beginning. We, when the screen is there, we, we disconnect. We're disconnected. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping, it's my hope that the pandemic did, especially with Zoom like this, that yes. it did make it more for people to see that there are real people behind this. Yes, I agree. I think that did help. I think that that definitely helps break down that barrier a little bit because we're able to use at least some of our senses, right? We can hear each other. We can see each other. You're able to really say, oh, okay, no, that is a real person. I can see them. I know that I can hear what they're saying um, instead of just words on a page in in a text or something. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think there's been some good things that came out of it with tech. There's mm-hmm. also probably been some bad things. Like I'm guessing people are using it way more for consumerism than before. Oh, yes. And when I say yeah. consumerism, I don't mean just buying things. You know, I mean, just consuming information and not being productive. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There, it's Because it's, it's so easy to just consume that information and just take it all in. And I, I think it's important to note on 
the more that we can just continuously consume without producing, without engaging, without, you know, uh, recognizing that it is a, a relationship that we're in with these other people, you know, just that we're having a conversation, even if it's a, just a like, oh, well, you know, I met kind of like, I met you at the, in the aisle at the grocery store as I was passing by, like, however brief that interaction is, we've still had an interaction. And the more we just have those really brief walking through the grocery store interactions as we're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, the harder it is on our mental health. And we need to have those deeper relationships, those deeper interactions, both on and offline. If we're going to be spending a lot of our time online, then working to find that community and have those much more rich discussions is going to really help our mental health instead of just scrolling. And because we start to judge others and ourselves when we, when all we're doing is those quick scrolling actions. So having a, a deeper and richer experience, both on and offline is really important. I think. No, I totally agree with that because you know, the older you get, the more you start thinking about life and what's the purpose of life. And, and we all, you know, as parents, we want our kids to be happy, but what really brings yeah. happiness? I mean, and it, and it's relationships. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, maybe we think that playing, get, having entertainment and playing games that brings us happiness, but it's empty happiness. It's fleeting happiness, unless we create those deep relationships and that is one huge problem with the internet but Mm -hmm. it's like you said it it also helps you connect with people too yeah so being purposeful yes really helpful which is you know one of the things that we have to teach our kids how to do because that that is not in a uh an innate skill that they come with (laughs) no well no because really if you think about it Kids are just born wanting what they what feels good to them, right? That's why we mm-hmm. have two exactly. year olds who are throwing fits over wanting mm-hmm. what they want. And as yes. we grow up, hopefully we mature a little bit and we start realizing, okay, it's not all about me. But too often, if if you know kids haven't been guided or if kids haven't learned from someone else in a relationship, yep. <laughs> you know, we get stuck in that it's all about what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can persist. Yeah. And that can persist so easily online. If you're not, if you, if you don't have that support system offline, if you don't have that trusted adult that you can go to, then it, you can, you can just get into this, like, oh, well, this feels good. I'm going to do this. Oh, this is good. I'm going to do that. Um, and then unfortunately the, the other side of that is we can, because a lot of people will use the internet and social media, kind of their highlight reel, right? We talk about all the things that we love and all the things we're doing that are great. And then on the other side, there's this kid that's like the, you know, the fear of missing out is real. That FOMO is a real and can hit hard. Mm -hmm. Um, in, especially when you're watching, you know, all these people do different things that you want to be doing, but you, I think it really goes back to what you were saying. We have to be purposeful in how we use the tool. And so if, if these kids have a trusted adult that they can learn how to use this tool to be purposeful, that's a big, big help. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even even moms can get caught up in in seeing all the good stuff and then going down the spiral yep. of comparison and depression because you're not measuring up, but you're comparing your worst to their best. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Or you're, I mean, and I, I like to think a lot about waves and it might be, you might be at the top of your wave and you're riding it, you're surfing. Yeah. It's awesome. The wave will crash. It will come down. And if all you're doing is comparing everyone's awesome surf to your, you know, your build, the building is harder and really not as glamorous as that surfing spot. So if everyone's always posting their, their highlights, their surf spots, they're up at the top of that wave and you're at the bottom of your wave or just starting to build your wave, it can be, it can feel really lonely and really hard. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, life does run in rhythms. I mean, you Mm -hmm. see them everywhere and, and social media is rough on especially teenage girls. Yes. Because that's what they do. They do the comparison Mm -hmm. thing. And I, I think as parents, a lot of times our kids might have social media and we start noticing changes in them and they are getting more depressed or sad or angry or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's reasonable to look at social media and to take it away. And a lot of people don't dare because their kids, they're afraid that their kids are going to be angry with them or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. oh, I think that is so, so, so important. Yes. Because it, yeah, it's those boundaries. And it's also teaching them that it's okay to take a break. If you're not on that, if you're not there and you're not on it for, you know, even for three months, one, it will still be there when you get back, that's fine. And you're going to be able to take the time to rest and recharge and focus on just making sure that you're getting past that comparison game and Mm -hmm. focusing on what is making you feel good. Not necessarily, well, I saw that thing and they looked like they like it. So I probably should like it. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you do. And that's perfectly fine. And teaching our kids that, especially if we can teach them that about things they see online and on social media is just so incredibly helpful for their future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we had this issue with one of my daughters and we had talked about it and she actually decided on her own to delete the social media, which is even better if you can get to that point, but you can't always. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and we talked about it and she's, you know, just said she felt so much better when she wasn't on it. Mm-hmm. So, so I think taking tech breaks sometimes is a really good idea yes. just so you can Definitely. see the comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you can, if you can find a way to even just even before they get to that point that it's really affecting them, that they're getting depressed and getting anxious. If you can make it a regular occurrence Mm -hmm. that, you know, every, even if it's every fifth week, like, you know, pick a, pick a week and say for these, for these seven days, we're going to stop social media, put a, I mean, put a post up on your stuff and say, Hey, everybody, if you have something and you need me, if you, if you need me, you know how to reach me. Like, and if you yeah. don't know how to reach me, then you don't need me that much. And it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like one thing I do is just even once a week on, on Sundays, I just say, I'm not getting on any social media. Yes. You know, and I like it. 
Yeah, it is really because I think social, it, because it's constant and it's all the time because there are billions of people on it. It, it seems like we're always needed and we always need yeah. to be there. Cause we, and it's the back to that fear of missing out. Like we might miss yeah. something, but there's also that joy in missing out. There's the joy that comes from reconnecting with the people who are sitting right next to you from taking a walk outside and just breathing fresh air. Like there's so much joy in those things that it helps to, to surpass that fear of missing out. So I love that you take a day every week. I think that's fantastic. And one of the things I really like to do is to make sure that there are even a couple of hours in our day that are always like, nope, we never get on things. This is our, you know, either our family time or our, you know, this is the time you're going to be outside and just to remember that there's more than just this digital life. Yes. Absolutely. Because if we aren't purposeful and careful with it, it does take over our life. And it is addicting because it's engineered that way. Exactly. Yes, it is. They, they knew exactly what they were doing. They made this to be just suck you in. Um, One of the things that I love to do on um, a lot of cell phones, sorry, have this option that you can set limits for yourself per day, like your screen time limits and say, you know what? I'm only going to say that I can be on social media apps for an hour a day. And then it'll pop up and say, Hey, you've been on here this long. You probably should get off. You said you wanted to get off. Um, which I find so helpful as someone with ADHD, especially like it's uh, sometimes I don't even Mm -hmm. remember and you don't, and it doesn't, even if you haven't been on it, for an hour at a time. Like it doesn't have to be the full length too, right? It could be 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, two minutes here, but all of that adds up. And then having that alert for me, so helpful. Yeah. Yes. Because we can change what we track. Yes. Now you have to be tough though, because when I've done that before and gotten the notifications, a lot of times I'll, my brain will be like, yeah, but just this much more. Wipe it away. (laughs) That's true. Yes. You do have to be intentional about it. And it's it's, some days it's just like, you know what, uh, it's a rough day and I need to zone out a little bit more. And, and I think giving ourselves the grace to know that the, we as adults can help, you know, help ourselves figure that out a little bit, but our kids are not going to do that on their own. (laughs) No, because they haven't learned that skill yet. And they also don't have the motivation. No motivation, <laughs> you know, for us, exactly. Like we, we want to be good examples to our kids. We, we want more yes. than just this in our life and mm-hmm. yeah, they'll, they'll get there. They will get, they'll get there. there. Yeah. <laughs> There's still hope, you know, with all the horrible exactly. stuff that we can find on the internet, there still is a lot of good on there. And, yeah. and there is, there is a lot of things that we can do to make it manageable. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say this a lot. If you think about it, the internet, cell phones, it's all unprecedented from the entire history of the world. Yeah. If you think about it, there were thousands and thousands yep. of years. Right. We've never had it like this before. So, yeah, no, I mean, we walk no. around in our pocket with computers that used to take up entire buildings. Like, and now that just fits and we just carry it around. Like, and our kids don't know any differently. Like I remember when, cause my dad worked for, um, 
uh, IBM. So we had this like massive computer in our house. Like the thing was, it was just a behemoth. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing I will ever see in my whole entire life. Right. And now I have, I have something with a stronger processing power that works significantly faster and connects me to absolutely everyone else in the world that I carry with me on a daily basis in my hand. <laughs> it's incredible. It truly is it's just wild. And even those computers that took up the entire room, that wasn't even that long ago when we- No, it was not. The world. Nope. <laughs> you know? Nope. For, for many, many years, people got by without yep. tech just fine. They did just fine. Yep. <laughs> but at the same time, in our world, it is difficult to not have tech and not use yes. tech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually harder, I think, to to take yourself off that grid. Um, you have to be very, very intentional. Um, and it, yeah, it's just a it's it's kind of permeated absolutely yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. mean, I I got to go to Ghana a couple of years back, and these people wow. were amazing people, happy people, and they lived in horrible conditions compared to what we think, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like a lot of times they're living in a shack with hardly any electricity or running water, but they all had phones. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yes, it is a part of our world nowadays. It is. So we do need to learn how to manage it and how to teach mm -hmm. our kids to manage it more importantly too. And I think, yeah. you know, that doesn't mean we have to go give them all of this tech and stuff. Right you know, we can definitely still limit. And I especially like to limit it for the 12 and unders. I mean, mm -hmm. just because it does affect their brains. It does. Yeah. But um, I mean, I, and we've got to limit it for the 12 and elders too, somewhat, but we definitely. just got to give them the boundaries and have right. the conversations and keep talking. Yep. Just keep talking about it. It's all and, about and those conversations. I'm just going to say, you know, I really don't know how to handle this either. So let's figure out a solution. Together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's really powerful, especially with something that is so new to human existence. Like we don't, yeah. we really don't know how it's, uh, I mean, in, in the long term, we don't know how it's going to affect us because yeah. even us as adults, I mean, we haven't had cell phones that long. Like we don't really know what it's going to look like in 20 years. Let I mean, 20 years. I don't know what it's going to look like in five years. Like, <laughs> I mean, tech is just exponentially blowing up. And, and the, the things that, that some of these big tech companies are doing just it's science fiction. <laughs> oh, I know you start looking into the artificial intelligence and robotic stuff. And you're just like, mind blown. But yeah. In the meantime, we're just going to have to take it one day at a time. <laughs> exactly. One <laughs> step at a time, now. one conversation <laughs> at a time. Just, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me today and having this wonderful discussion about helping our kids navigate all these amazing tools that we have, because this really is a big, big topic these days. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Yeah. So tell our audience where they can find out more about you and how they can connect with you. 
Yeah. So my business is the start effect. So uh, you can find me at my website at www.thestarteffect.com and that's effect. Um, and then <laughs> I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the start effect. So you can find me there too. Okay. Awesome. And I hear that you're going to have a phone contract available very soon. Very, very soon. Yes. It should be up on my website very shortly after this podcast airs. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the building heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the building heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on building heroes in your home, get the free building heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.